A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition of the Sports Show brought to you by thesports.com. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with Norman Quarantine. Norman, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, we are going to be talking some AEW Dynamite as we record this. This is now Thursday, February 9th. So we're, you know, just under 24 hours removed from Dynamite, which from the pieces I caught of it were vicious in some ways, lots of in-ring action and others. MGF had a memorable promo on the show. Lots to go through. We're going to get there. We're going to talk AEW Dynamite, but before that, we're going to cover a little bit of WWE and AEW news and rumors because we like to do that uh, in midweek form because there's no real pay-per-view right now to talk about. So uh, we're getting ready for Elimination Chamber. So let's talk a little bit of news in the world of WWE. Uh, Some of the things that are coming out of this past Monday's Raw, and I want to get your take on this. The Baron Corbin experiment seems to be a total failure. Uh, JBL Mm. has, I guess, fired him. I don't know. Was Mm. he in a position to fire him? Uh, He has left him. So on Raw, he decided, he says, you can't polish turd. I tried. Uh, And he's embarrassed to be seen with Baron Corbin, who loses again in another match. Corbin doesn't seem to care all that much. And he just wants to go out and have some drinks and some Kobe beef and whatever else they do as wrestling gods, which JBL no longer thinks Baron Corbin is. So this failed experiment is now over. It sounds like JBL is leaving WWE in terms of the on-air stuff that he was doing, not going to be on programming on a regular basis moving forward. My question for you is what the hell would you do with Baron Corbin? Are you going to repackage him? Do you just have something else happen here? Like, what are they going to do with Corbin? This is now, what, the second mm-hmm. or third gimmick in <clears throat> six months and just yeah. hasn't seemed to work with this guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been repackaged a bunch. Um, I know he has... Um, a lot you know quite a lot of detractors um among the uh wrestling fan community um i think there's uh, you know i think uh 
overall, I, I would say the the opinion of of Baron Corbin is is pretty negative. Pretty negative. You probably, if you were to just poll WWE fans, you might get a slightly more positive uh, review of his his career to date uh i happen to weirdly i don't actually dislike him i i find him kind of entertaining and um i think he has like i know he's not like the uh, look, i'm not saying that he's a he's a great magnificent in-ring worker by any stretch of the imagination but he does have some very very cool moves and i think he's actually a pretty competent big guy um and so yeah i actually i do think there is a place for him on that roster uh i just think they're overthinking it really i think um he the you know just went the original lone wolf thing he was doing in in nxt he, you know he can do that he doesn't have to be i think maybe um the powers that be they 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 look at someone like corbin they look at his size um and his sort of athletic background and they just immediately you know that he either has to be he either has to be a, a star or he or he or he's useless you know um, when I don't think that's true, I think there's a spot on that roster for him. I don't, you know, he, as a sort of lower mid card guy, um, you can book him in a way. You just ha- let him string a few squash squash match wins together, and then you can use him to get smaller, more charismatic dudes over by beating him. You know what I mean? I think, um, yeah. I, I, so I definitely think they've been overthinking it for a long time. The Happy Corbin stuff was was fun, but it always had a ceiling. You know, it was never gonna carry on um yeah so i don't know i I think i i think he's been dealt kind of a a bad hand and i know there's that kind of um that line of thinking that kind of you know if you've been given all these opportunities and nothing's really worked yet then you know it must be your fault kind of thing but you know the happy corbin thing did work it just it just didn't last uh it just you know it was never it wasn't built to last so to speak um so yeah i just think they were thinking it i don't even think he needs a mouthpiece he doesn't even really need to talk that much he can just be a big menacing dude who beats a few jobbers here and there and then when they're trying to get a smaller more charismatic guy over they can they can have him beat baron corbin you know um how are you feeling about it i like baron corbin (laughs) like yeah i i think that he to me in a perfect world if I'm booking him, I have somehow found a mashup between the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase and JBL. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. liked the idea of him with JBL, but I've said this on the show a couple of times. I think they completely dropped the ball when they had JBL come out and he did not come out driving a limo and mm-hmm. Aaron Corbin was all dressed up to the nines. He had suits on. He was flashing his money around because they'd already built that up. He'd had all mm-hmm. this money that he won from mm-hmm. gambling in Las Vegas. However it is, he got it. In JBL's situation, he was, you know, uh, this like the CNN kind of money stock investor guy. Million mm-hmm. Dollar Man was just the guy who had all the money. Mm-hmm. Corbin got it by winning stuff, whatever. But flash it around. Do whatever you want to do. And buy your way out of trouble. Try to buy everything that it is that you want. But hey, mm-hmm. by the way, you can also kick a little butt because you're Baron Corbin and you're actually pretty tough. You could do that, right? And so there are certain things with Baron Corbin that I wouldn't do. Like, I wouldn't dress him in the same tights. Uh, He's a big guy. He's not in the best shape. So I would make sure that his ring gear kind of fits what he's Mm. doing. Mm -hmm. I would, seriously, I think he could, he's never going to be, to me, where JBL was, where JBL was at the height of his heeldom, where he was like the SmackDown, like the WWE champion in SmackDown and stuff. And Mm -hmm. he was really putting baby faces over. Mm. I don't think he's going to get there, but I do see him somewhere in like the middle of like a Jinder Mahal and a JBL, you know, like Jinder Mahal was the guy who transitioned other people. Nobody Mm -hmm. really thought Mahal was going to be the long-term fit, but you're like, eh, I didn't really like this guy's a champion. I don't believe it. 
I believe that Baron Corbin could be a top level heel putting mm-hmm. over baby faces, but you got to have the right character for him. And I don't know mm-hmm. why they didn't do that with JBL. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to me. I think they've missed the opportunity now because I don't know how, unless Corbin comes back and he's just all of a sudden the light bulb goes off and he's like, oh, this is what JBL wanted from me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be that guy. And then JBL takes him back or whatever. I don't know. I still think there's something you can do with him. But yeah, and let's not forget that, you know, before we got to JBL, you know, uh, Bradshaw had been had had a few gimmicks himself. Yeah. Uh, obviously he was part of a successful tag team which baron corbin i mean maybe maybe we can maybe we can stick baron corbin in a tag team maybe there's maybe you know i mean i know we tried that uh but maybe there's someone else that he on the roster that he can form a tag team that can get over with well i used to think it was him and damian priest would have been a perfect fit but now that damian priest is in judgment day doesn't make a lot of sense to me but yeah yeah absolutely like justin hawk bradshaw was a goofy gimmick uh Mm -hmm. that bit him at the time And then he was like part of the cowboy, like the Mulligans or whatever they were, the Blackjacks Mm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he became, yeah. So you can go acolytes, and then uh, and then JBL, right? Well, no, then he there was there was actually a little um, well, AP acolytes APA, yeah, acolytes APA, and then between APA and JBL, there was a sort of um, weird like blank canvas Bradshaw that we had for for a little while. I don't know if you remember that. I don't know if I do actually. (laughs) Yeah. Just I've 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 kind of I've done it. Maybe maybe I'm misremembering, but I definitely have this memory of us having this like weird uh, blank canvas Bradshaw for a few months before hmm. we got the uh, the JBL reboot, um, and that was you know he was before that we would have said that JBL was in the sort of salad days of his career, and then he went and had this uh, top card championship yeah. run. So you know it's never too it's I mean it, you know it's not too late for Baron Corbin to to uh, to figure stuff out for sure. Yeah, no, they can do the right thing. Uh, speaking of gimmicks that may or may not be working to a lot of the fans, I want to ask you what your opinion is on this Alexa, Alexa Bliss stuff. So what we've got is uh, PW Insider is one of the sources saying that she's going to be taking some time away from WWE. And then Alexa right. Bliss comes out on social media and says, no, don't believe everything that you read. Mm-hmm. Unless it comes from me, it isn't necessarily true. That said, mm-hmm. she wasn't on Raw. We haven't seen much of her since the Royal Rumble, if anything at all. And there was kind of a left open what is going on with her sort of feeling at the end of that pay-per-view. We don't know what is happening with her character because the Uncle Howdy thing with her doesn't make a lot of sense when you look at it from a Bray Wyatt perspective, which we've gone over at nauseum about how none of that really makes sense. We don't really know what's going on with Alexa Bliss. Now, it seems right to believe her when she says, don't believe this. I'm not going anywhere. Although she didn't exactly say I'm not going anywhere. But like, are we to expect now after her comments that she's going to be back on raw this week and that she'll be at elimination elimination chamber or WrestleMania. Like, I don't know how you work her in, especially when you don't mm-hmm. know what you're doing with her, when you're not really sure what the character is supposed to be, who she's working with, what opponent makes sense for her. Do you think we'll see her again before WrestleMania? Mm, I mean, I imagine we will in some capacity. Um, to be honest, do you with want you, to, like, would you even have her on TV if you have I... nothing good to do with her before WrestleMania? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I think there was, there was a period when I was quite into, uh, Alexa and what she was doing. She was never the most, she's not the most naturally gifted worker, but they made it work, right? She wasn't, she doesn't have the talent, the skills of a Charlotte Flair or a Sasha Banks or a Bailey or a Becky Lynch or, you know, some, you know, other non four horse women, uh, female compared she doesn't have that you know she is she is a, a you know a natural athlete but her in-ring work uh often left a lot to be desired but it she was you know she was decent enough and uh she had something about her i think she had some charisma and 
um and her, you know her title she was a really good heel i remember she cut some really good promos i remember when she defended the goal defended the title in the elimination chamber and she cut uh, a really good promo where she you know she tricked everyone into thinking that she was about to turn babyface you know do you remember that a few mm-hmm. years back that was yeah. a really good promo uh the to be honest with you, the bray wyatt stuff i think has absolutely buried her and i don't and i think she's struggling to recover and i think also not to bring in personal life or whatever but since she got married i know that this could be i'm not saying this is not saying if it's correlation or causation but since she got married she hasn't really seemed to be super interested in uh i don't know i don't know if you've noticed it too she just doesn't look her heart just doesn't seem in it anymore and who can blame her you know i don't know i i think she is probably capable of pursuing other ventures outside of wwe she is married to a you know, uh, Ryan Cabrera, uh, Ryan Cabrera, yeah, yeah. A, a moderately successful uh, musician who makes very bad music. Uh, but she, <laughs> uh, you know, she, um, she just doesn't really seem that interested anymore. I don't know if she, may, she probably might need some time off. She might need to come back with a new because what they did was they brought her back and then they almost immediately stuck her right into this stupid nonsense Bray Wyatt stuff again, and it's just yeah. not doing her any favors. So yeah, I think we'll probably see her in some capacity, but, um. I, I also wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see her until yeah. maybe after Mania. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I know you're not saying that it's her marriage that has caused her not to be interested in the industry. I do think she's actually interested in doing something good that mm, she could sink mm-hmm. her teeth into, that she could get mm-hmm. behind, and she gets excited about the idea of doing something. But then they haven't. Mm-hmm. And and the reason that they didn't find anything for her to do was because she took time off for her wedding. Mm-hmm. And when she came back and they hadn't used her in a while, they didn't really have a spot for her. And they brought her back at, what was it, the last Elimination Chamber? Uh, in Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. and then she disappeared again and so mm-hmm. then it was like okay well what the heck are we going to do with her and they haven't figured it out yet and so I could see why she looks like she's bummed she's got nothing useful to do and it's right. kind of like what would you be excited about you know showing up every week when there's really no like you don't know what your future is like you know that you're going to work there you know that they're probably eventually going to find something for you but in the meantime you're just showing up and sort of spinning your wheels which is not exciting so to me i hope they don't bring her back to be honest with you i would Mm -hmm. say keep her off tv as long as you need to until you have fully settled in on what it is you want to do with her right Mm. so the two of you have sat down and said this is the idea we have for you this is where we want this to go we're going to start this push right now we're going to continue through it and this is what we're doing until that happens until you know that don't use her like yeah, let her go home sure. and be with her husband. Let her go home and do whatever she wants to do. Don't use her until you mm-hmm. have a real good what and I certainly wouldn't use her leading into WrestleMania if you had nothing good for her to do. Like I just mm-hmm. I wouldn't at all. Um I do want to ask you what your take on the Paul Heyman Cody Rhodes promo from Raw was. Are you in the boat of people who were like this was like maybe the best thing ever? Mm-hmm. Um it was really good. They mm-hmm. very emotional. Uh, they brought in a whole bunch of different stuff from you know, their history in ECW and Dusty Rhodes mm-hmm. and yeah, Kid. I mean, where does this rank for you in terms of promos uh, for two people? And what do you think it does for Cody? Mm. Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot for sure. I will say, you know, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I do think, I do think, uh, some maybe it's just me uh, to quote LeBron James. Maybe it's me. Um, sometimes I go online and I see the way people are reacting to some of these segments. And I'm, I'm, I think, uh, there's a little bit of, uh, people maybe being a little bit hyperbolic, but this was a very, this was a very, very good, enjoyable segment between two, you know, between two good 
talkers. Um, I, I've really actually liked Cody's promos a lot lately. Uh, and it's weird because he's not even his promos aren't really different from when from the, what, what they were in AEW. I don't know. No, they're <laughs> Just, not. They're yeah, they're long he, and they're high, they're heavy winded and they're big words. Yeah, kind of corny. All, yeah, yeah, they yeah. like a little corny, a little saccharine. But um, he yeah, they're the same thing, and it's just a completely different environment. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like if you I don't know, like his promos in AEW, it would be like sending uh, you know someone if you had sent like uh John Cena to go cut a promo in ECW or something, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like mm-hmm. so, back in the day. Uh, I mean, I guess that kind of happened, didn't it? Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I've, I mean, I've liked his promos and I, I do think cha- switching, uh, you know, jumping ship to WWE is, is the best thing, the best decision he's ever made in his career as was leaving WWE when he did. Right. Because yeah. if he doesn't do that, we don't get this version of Cody Rhodes for sure. Uh, this segment was good. Liked it. I liked what they were doing. And I think this actually was, this was really, this was, Cody needed this, I think, um, with all the talk and speculation and and, uh, the Sami Zayn stuff. However, whatever they can do to keep people talking about Cody and to keep building up Cody as a viable number one guy, um, they, they, they should do that. And that's what they did. So yeah, very effective segment for sure. Yeah, you know what? I was thinking about this when I was watching uh, Raw as that promo was going down. If you took a piece of paper and you grabbed a pen and you drew a timeline for what happened with Cody when he got to and he started up AEW and was really popular with the AEW fan base because he helped create, if not mm-hmm. the main guy who created AEW, he was certainly part of the four or five people who did. And he had so much love among the fan base for doing that, for going yeah. out there making a name for himself, turning that into a, a big, huge indie show that sells at an arena, and then turning that into a promotion that mm-hmm. is now a serious competitor, even though you can debate how much of a competitor, but it's the number two promotion for sure in wrestling. Mm-hmm. People loved him. And then that, you know, shiny, happy feeling about loving him faded away, mm-hmm. and AEW didn't do anything with it, right? Mm-hmm. They just let him go out there and do these winded promos and not right. really have good rivalries or feuds with anybody, and people mm-hmm. started to boo him. In WWE... He comes back to WWE. Fans are going ape over this. They love it. Mm-hmm. He has those matches with Seth Rollins. He tears his pectoral and people are looking at Cody like, oh my gosh, he's the next major thing. Like who does this? Who goes through this battle? Who? They love him. They love him. They love him. And then he comes back. Okay, he's not injured anymore. He's on his way to WrestleMania. The fade there is potentially possible because we're looking at Sami Zayn now. And so you go, okay, are we going to lose Cody Rhodes? Because the shiny, happy feeling of him coming back to WWE and wrestling through those matches with Seth Rollins has sort of faded away. Now, what you need to do if you're WWE is make sure that shiny, happy feeling stays there all the way through WrestleMania. If after Mm -hmm. WrestleMania he wins the titles or whatever happens there and he turns heel or whatever they do because they feel like they've lost that momentum, then do whatever you got to do. But up until Mm -hmm. WrestleMania, you need to keep Cody Rhodes with that shiny, happy, everybody loves him feeling because it's new and it's like exciting and whatever. I think mm-hmm. that Paul Heyman promo helped do that. That's yeah. to me what was the most important about that. It's because mm-hmm. you can create all these new emotional storylines between Dusty and the you know ECW. And he, they mentioned it a lot, how he went out and he was a disruptor. He helped create, he never said AEW, but he helped make AEW, which really rustled the industry and, and did all these things. Those are the types of things you got to tell fans. You got to remind them of this. This is why Cody's so important. And if they forget that stuff, he just becomes another guy. But yeah. If they remember all of that and they go, right. That's why we like Cody. 
you can keep this going. That's mm-hmm. that's what I can I feel like if you can keep that feeling about Cody, why he's so unique and why he's so special, and what makes him the Cody Rhodes that came back. You got a shot at making this really work for WrestleMania. If you lose that, you're in trouble. So that's yeah. where I think that was really important with Paul Heyman. That's why I liked it so much. And if he, you know, if like, we, yeah, what you were saying, there were moments in, in AEW when Cody probably should have turned heel um, because he was sort of generating, uh, you know, the crowd turned on him. And so the, the, the best way to run, and I think he could have been a very effective uh, heel in AEW in, uh, he could, and he could have touted his sort of, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a WWE guy, you know, and I made this company and blah, 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 that kind of thing. If he ever does go back to AEW, I think he would be a heel now, now you know, he would have to be in a way, I think. Um, uh, yeah. And I, so yeah, like, like you said, it was a good, uh, a good segment and really, really did, did what it was supposed to do. Also funny. Yeah. Fun fact. I actually saw Cody's, but I was at, I was present at Cody's first non WWE match when he, Parted ways with WWE back in was it 2016? I think. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure the year, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and it was against uh, Zack Sabre Jr. at an Evolve show in uh, a, a an Amish flea market in Joppa, Maryland. So yeah, that was fun. Crazy, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Look how far things have gone. Mm-hmm. Before we move on to AEW, which we are going to do because we have a major storyline and a change with some titles on that show, I do mm. want to quickly send out our best thoughts and wishes to Jerry Lawler who mm. suffered a stroke and is recovering from what we understand. Uh, not totally out of the woods yet, but it does look like he's going to make a full recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just wanted to make sure that we address that uh, before we moved on to AEW because we are thinking about Lawler. We want to make sure that, uh, you know, he's good and that everything is okay there, but it signs look good. It looks a little scary there for a moment, mm. but uh, it's good news to hear that Lawler is doing okay. Yeah, and did you see the pic of uh I think Jimmy Hart was was at his bedside? Yeah, at Lawler's bedside. Uh not to be harsh, but I can't think of anything I'd want less uh when I <laughs> if I was recovering from a coma. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to keep in mind in all defense of Jimmy Hart, there may not be a person in the industry that has the history with Lawler that Jimmy Hart sure. does. If you think yeah, back no, to Andy Kaufman yeah. and um, all that stuff that happened, we a lot of fans don't know where Jimmy Hart and Jerry Lawler sort of got together and became such a big deal, but they together did some magic in -hmm. the wrestling industry. And they're, I think they've probably been lifelong friends and they're both from Memphis where Jimmy Hart was really big and probably still is in the music industry. I think he was like in a fifties band or something before he got into wrestling. Right. So there's a huge history there between those two guys. I could see, I understood exactly why Jimmy Hart's the first guy there. Right. I bet you Jimmy's great. Yeah, we think about Jimmy and Hulk Hogan as being the best of friends. I wonder if uh, you know Jimmy and his allegiance and loyalty to Jerry Lawler is even stronger because yeah, yeah, those guys go way back. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to get your take on the AEW uh, title tag team title change. This is the big. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot happened on Dynamite. Some major matches, some bloody stuff. All but but the big takeaway here was that the Guns are now the mm-hmm. new AEW World Tag Team Champions, beating mm-hmm. the acclaimed which has floored a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of included in that. Like, mm-hmm. I liked the way that the match, it was a little bit of old school, right? Like 
the heels getting the advantage over the baby faces by cheating. Yeah. Kind of, it was an old school. This like, reminded baby, me. Yeah. 90s match. I was going to say it reminded, this reminded me actually of a, of kind of Russo era, Vince Russo era, WWE booking in a way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't necessarily, even, I don't even mean that in a bad way necessarily, but we'll get, we'll get to that. No. Yeah. I, even earlier, like I've just caught myself lately watching like old Saturday night's main events from like mm. 87, 88, 89. Mm-hmm. And they booked like a lot of this stuff. Like where mm. Jimmy speaking of Jimmy Art. The guys grab the megaphone and hit the guy, and that's where the heel wins. You know, like stuff like mm. this is kind of how this went down. But the fact that it was the guns, right? I sort mm. of figured maybe Billy Gunn would sort of swerve here and rejoin yeah. the guns. That's what I was anticipating coming in. I didn't assume that they would kind of keep dumping their dad and they would win the titles. So yeah. my question for you is, is this something that AEW did to just shock people? Mm. Are they going to give the titles right back to the acclaimed? Like, what are they doing here? Yeah, it's a tough one, and like, and I actually didn't watch the show live, and so, and I, and I did have this result spoiled for me, and I just assumed that Billy had had turned on the acclaimed, and that's how, and to facilitate this title change, I just immediately assumed that that's what what happened, and uh, was was surprised when to see that when I watched and saw that that didn't happen. Um, I think it was a strange result. I don't think nobody was really expecting it. Um, the acclaimed are the most over tag team in in all of wrestling maybe other than i don't know i mean yeah they're a babyface tag team i can't think of a babyface tag team that's more over than they are um very popular been doing been been working very hard they really deserve this 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 run but the guns um i've actually kind of been, really been enjoying what they've been doing um and for a long time i didn't quite see anything in them i thought they were just sort of nepo babies uh without too much uh charisma or talent but i've actually really been enjoying their work with the acclaimed lately um yeah i don't think it's a, a massive deal i think it's a bit of a weird it was it was a weird result for sure um it can be rectified i do think AEW should tread lightly when it comes to sort of flip-flopping titles like this um and like i said earlier it reminds me kind of of some some vince russo attitude era sort of booking um when there was a lot of, I don't, you know, that sort of uh, late 98, early 99 period when there was a lot of titles flip-flopping. Um, it, it's, it's kind of, it reminded me, that was this result reminded me of that, I, assuming that the acclaimed win it back at some point. Um, but yeah, I don't want to be like a let it play out guy, but I will uh, reserve full judgment uh, for a couple, another couple of weeks just to see where, where they're going with it. It's uh, a weird one for sure, but I don't totally hate it. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like about it was that Billy Gunn didn't turn. I right, just, for sure. It, it made no sense to me. Like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if you really want to shock people, the most over thing in AEW right now is the Scissor Me Daddy stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to have Billy Gunn just walk away from that and rejoin his sons and turn on the acclaimed while they do that, you only get one shot at that. And eventually mm-hmm. that's probably where it has to go. Right. Whether it's now or it's in six months or whatever the case, that's what you need to do. And you should probably do it when they are at the height of their popularity because it will have the most impact when you do it. I don't know that you can do that now. Now that the, mm. the guns have won the tag team titles, you can't have the guns win the tag team titles again for the first time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they've won it now. And the best way to have had done that is to really get them over his heels and to take away from the fans what the fans love the most, which is the scissor me daddy stuff. Mm, and yeah. you can't do that now it's gone yeah for sure it's the yeah. one thing that you can't do so 
to me, I thought that was the biggest missed opportunity. Maybe they didn't want to do it because they didn't want to take that away from people. They weren't ready to get rid of it. And if that's the case, then don't make the title change yet. Mm. Wait until you are ready to do that and then have that be the way that it goes. If you still want to give the guns the tag team titles, because I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't think they're terrible. But if you're going to do that, you need gun to turn. You need to destroy the scissor me daddy stuff and you need mm. him to go to with his kids. And at that point, it has the most impact. And now they've lost that opportunity. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, AWS does this stuff. They pull the trigger on things really quickly. And they did it with the Acclaimed. When the Acclaimed could have won the tag titles for the first time, and they left it with Strickland and Keith Lee. And Mm -hmm. the fans were telling them, screaming at them, this is the Mm -hmm. wrong choice. Mm -hmm. And they they didn't do it, right? They, They had the opportunity and they missed the boat. And so now what do you got? You don't have Keith Lee and Strickland anymore, right? You just don't, it's kind of, you got to strike while the iron's hot. And I think this could have been a title change that would have made sense. They just needed to do it different. And mm. me, I think that was the biggest missed opportunity. What did you make of the uh, matches that were happening? Like the Brian Danielson match. <clears throat> uh, so MJF locks him in the storage room as he's, you know, having his interview with Renee Paquette and then mm. he beats the count in, um, and then goes on to have like an extremely bloody match, mm. um, which a lot of people are talking about. That was pretty awesome. Uh, I didn't get to check the whole match out and I still haven't had the whole chance to watch the whole thing. So I will ask it will, um, you know, not, not deflect, not the right word, but I will delegate to you to talk about this. What did you make of this match? Mm. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. It was definitely not a WWE style. It was definitely the kind of match that Danielson has been hankering to have uh since you know he was dying to have these kinds of matches in wwe and he never really got the opportunity he had a few kind of here and there um nothing quite this it was it was a ring of honor match it was it was an old school ring of honor match in a in a in a good way you know it was very intense um but yeah i enjoyed it i think the result was was really good i i yeah i thought it was uh i mean i mean i think rush is also uh really sort of exciting wrestler to watch i've been very impressed with this his AEW work so far in ring work at least um so yeah yeah very very gruesome match but uh very enjoyable maybe not necessarily something that you expect to see on tv uh but yeah you know i if and i don't know if i'm just trying to imagine like a a sort of casual or newer wrestling fan and uh watching it and, and wondering what they could think of it but yeah yeah, it's it sets up now officially Brian Danielson and MJF uh, for the pay per view. Mm-hmm. MJF has a pretty cool match uh, too, where he does like a backflip off of something, lands on his feet. Like he's proving that not only can he talk, but he's in great shape. Like maybe the best shape I've ever seen him in, and he's wrestling uh, some pretty solid matches too. What'd you make of his promo? The one he did backstage where he's talking about how he's um he's a jerk and he takes shortcuts and he knows it and he's totally okay with it and then he tells a story about how this girl's in an accident with him and he switches seats with her so he doesn't get caught you know all this other stuff like how what'd you make of mjf during dynamite on wednesday yeah i thought that uh yeah that was bizarre but um i didn't hate it and yeah weird promo but you know um i'm kind of i don't know it's hard to explain i I, i've been a bit hot and cold on mjf's title reign so far um yeah i don't really i can't I'm, I'm struggling to sort of articulate how i feel about it because i i thought that the time was right for him to be champ i think he he has all of the necessary attributes you know required to be a top heel monster heel champion 
Um, but so far, I think the rain uh, has been, a, I don't know, I don't think it's quite fulfilled its potential just yet, but I think it's it's been perfectly fine. Um, and I don't know, I think part of me wonders if, I, and I don't know, this is maybe like a controversial opinion or whatever. I think AEW might need a couple more pay-per-views a year because they're bit right now, the way that they're doing these, um, I'm not saying they need to have, you know, 15 pay-per-views a year like wwe or whatever but maybe more than uh what is it four they have a year maybe mm-hmm. yeah maybe up it up it to six or seven i don't know because the way that these builds now we're, we're getting these like drawn out five month builds between pay-per-views that i think is i don't think it's really doing people any favors and if you're not getting those long builds and you're getting like a bunch of small builds that get cut off in between and then restart and you know right before the pay-per-view is coming along um does it make sense what i'm saying yeah i I agree with you if you're good at storytelling like wwe used to do Mm. and and when they would like build up a match for a whole year at wrestlemania Mm. right and you can get away with it but if you Mm -hmm. do not tell a good storytelling if you cannot maintain something long term and keep people invested in it you need quicker storylines that pay off at pay-per-views that happen sooner because With three hours of TV a week too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's, it's challenging. Do you think um, Danielson is inevitably going to win the title? Like, would you take it off of MJF at this point? Like there's a real argument to make here for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think maybe give MJF a little bit, a few more paper. This is why another, a few more pay-per-views, a few more defenses, maybe, um, like, cause I said, I, they, they got to tread lightly when they're playing hot potato with these titles. Danielson obviously should be champion. He's the, yeah, he should be champion. He should be, he, uh, I, I'm surprised that he hasn't been already. I would have thought that with, when the CM Punk thing went, you know, tits up that Brian, uh, Daniel, Brian Danielson would have been the, I know he had some injury issues too, so it wasn't that simple, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I think we will get there eventually. It's obviously inevitable. Um, but yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, there, there is a good case to be made for 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 Danielson winning. But yeah, um, yeah, maybe maybe just not yet. Yeah, for me again, I think they missed the. I think they did this backwards. I think they should have had Danielson win the title when Punk went away instead of Moxley. I think you bring MJF back as the heel, and you have Danielson holding the title with MJF trying to take it from him. And I think mm-hmm. that's what you build over the last couple of months. And mm-hmm. they didn't do that right. So now, if you take the title away from MJF, everybody's going to scream it was way too short a reign for MJF, who is probably the future of AEW. But if you don't give it to Danielson, then everybody cries, well, when are you going to give it to the guy? Because he, mm-hmm. he absolutely deserves it. So again, it's kind of like, oh man, what are they going to do? Are, if they have a rematch, that's another thing. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Anything else you want to, before we close things off, that you want to address from Dynamite that um, needs to be covered? Let's see. Um, the trios match they had. Yeah, that trios match was really, really good. The um, the AR Fox uh, Elite uh, match, that was a, that was really, really, yeah, a top flight in AR Fox versus the Elite uh, trios match. That was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that. Uh, Jamie Hayter versus The Bunny was kind of a nothing match, really um yeah i don't know what the and tony storm blatantly ripping off the nwo yeah <laughs> i don't um, know what the story is with that but... i'm not really sure what's going on there i don't know if it's um they're both i, I don't know i i yeah i don't think people they're are really buying pa- yeah. people aren't buying them as heels are they I no they're, they're spray painting people and they're telling everyone they're taking over i mean it's just a it's weird it's i'll tell like... you one okay here's one complaint uh a, 
about AEW right now. I'm getting a little. I'm, I don't know if this is controversial either. I'm kind of sick of Chris Jericho. I, I, oh, I think it, I, you're not the only one, bud. I, the whole he, Jericho Appreciation Society, total flop for me. Yeah, I, I think he needs to take a little bit. I think he should go take six months off or something because he's just hogging up so much screen time. They did this, the you know, the action injury, Ricky Stark stuff, I think had potential but i don't think they necessarily necessarily capitalized on the momentum that they got after he after andretti beat jericho uh, um that had that could have been like a you know we everyone was comparing it to the uh one two three kid razor ramon situation but it never actually i think they kind of dropped the ball after that a little bit and i just think i, I yeah i'm just getting kind of sick of his promos and sick well, of this situation. and then he goes and makes ridiculous comments about how like he wouldn't job to gunther so he does right. that on AEW and he jobs out to guys that they don't push really or do much with. And then he's like one of the most over people in the industry who it's pretty clear is going to be a ma- massive deal. And Jericho's like, I wouldn't job to Gunther. You right, need to stop yeah. talking. Like you, yeah. I think you're right. I think he needs to go away for a bit. Like yeah. take some time off, stay off social media. And he probably won't. Cause I'm sure there's revenue attached to it somehow, but like he's just, he's, he's draining on people. He's kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say he's like just wrecking his legacy because I think a lot of people are really into this stuff he's been doing in AEW. And look, he does, look, AEW is a, you know, maybe without him, AEW isn't as successful as it has been. You know, uh, he was a, a big deal and a big part of the the company's sort of origins. Um, but I think, you know, a big part of that is, you know, knowing when to take a step back and um, giving other storylines, other angles, other talent, some space to breathe and just, uh, yeah, just kind of taking a little step back and maybe, yeah, letting everyone else get on with it for a little bit. Yeah, well, he's he's oversaturated himself. Like, mm. he's attached himself to everyone and everything. He's been on every show. He's all over social media. He's on every single podcast. Like, credit to him. He knows how to promote the snot out of himself. But, like... Sometimes that's not always good. Sometimes too much of any one thing is too much of something. And uh, there's a lot of Jericho going around and uh, it it might need to take a step back. Now, the other guys in the Jericho Appreciation Society, I like, I think, you know, I, I actually think they should maybe, they, it's going to, the time is approaching for them to get out of his shadow and go and do their own thing. Maybe they can stay as a stable. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I do like all of them individually for the most part. Uh, yeah, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, they weren't very, they weren't booked very strong uh, on Dynamite last night. I mean, Daniel Garcia picked up the win, but like, yeah, the rest of them they just. Walked I mean, I love like I, I, I really like thirty seconds or whatever it was. Yeah, and I really like Daniel Garcia. I think he's actually really in like in ring. I just think he's he's I, I really enjoy his his in ring work. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I think they need to ditch Jericho pretty soon. Yeah, we'll see. All right, Norman, thank you. Uh, we're going to run out of time here, so we're going to close her off at that one. Uh, again, our best to Jerry Lawler. Hopefully he's uh, recovering healthy and he's going to be good to go. For everybody else watching, listening, uh, paying attention to what's going on here on the Sports Show, we appreciate you doing that. Don't forget to download, subscribe, share this with others. Check out the thesportshow.com. Both Norman and myself and a bunch of graders are keeping up with everything. we got Elimination Chamber coming right around the corner. WrestleMania is not too far away, and we'll keep you up to speed on all of that. Uh, Take care, everybody. Until the next one, this has been another edition of the Sports Show.